Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Brian's Toys. At Brian'sToys.com, you can find Star Wars toys and collectibles from 1977 to the present. Brian's Toys has it all, from vintage toys and action figures right up to the latest releases. And when checking out, be sure to say you were referred to Brian's Toys by Star Wars Action News. So go check out the world's largest selection of Star Wars toys at Brian'sToys.com. Listening to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and updates, helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com, where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other Star Wars Action News listeners, and much more, including information on how you can be part of the show. And welcome to another episode of Star Wars Action News. I'm Marjorie. I'm Arnie. And we have a big show for you this week. We've got store reports, some online news. But the big part of it is we went to the Toy Man Toy Show in St. Louis on Sunday, March 11th. And we are going to be having a report right from the Toy Man Toy Show to let you know what we did or didn't find. But before we get into that... A little bit of news that we found out about in an unfortunate way. A person who I consider a friend, David Vonner, at least Facebook tells me he's my friend. <laughs> he was the Marvel brand manager at Hasbro who'd been really cool to us, come on our show Marvelicious Toys a couple of times. Well, he posted he was no longer with Hasbro. And then the news release came out. 170 people were no longer with Hasbro. Yeah, Hasbro went through a bunch of layoffs, and I've been laid off before, and it sucks. I don't care what the company gives you, it still sucks. And I'm very sorry for all those people. I take back the, it doesn't matter what the company gives you, because a friend of mine got laid off and was given a year and a half salary. I wasn't that lucky. No, so it does matter what the company gives you. But here's the interesting thing. These layoffs come because they said that in their fourth quarter last year, sales were down 1%. Now, 1%, not a lot if you're looking at the price of a McDonald's hamburger, but when you're the second largest toy company in the U.S., that can be a lot. I know major corporations sometimes run on margins of 2 or 3%. And so if your income goes down 1%, that could be a third of your profit. Mm-hmm. Possibly. I'm going worst-case scenario math here. It also could be less drastic. But they didn't reduce the force because work was down. They didn't reduce the workforce because they wanted to cut costs. They're continuing to grow. According to an article at The Republic, they are expanding into Providence. They just announced that a couple months ago. That expansion is continuing. They are continuing to hire. Yeah, they're going into downtown, which I guess is something they hadn't done before. They're going to expand into a 136,000 square foot building that's going to bring an additional 284 jobs. So it wasn't that they cut departments. When you got laid off, it was because the they whole department. department yeah. mm-hmm. I had some theories about this that I kind of shared on 
Facebook when this news came out. And I think I'm right. I want to kind of go into this because I think this has a direct impact on Star Wars collecting. There's a reason I found out about it through Marvel. And as far as I know, no one on the Star Wars brand team was impacted, Daryl or any of that. Daryl still responding to emails. So the reason I think it's important, though, is first of all, let's look at the fact that fourth quarter profits slipped 1%. The reason less than anticipated demand in the U.S. and Canada and slow sales of games and puzzles during the holiday season. Now, collectors have already cried out, again, on our Facebook page, well, if they could get their distribution in order, well, if they didn't charge so much for figures, that may be right. But even if they had distribution perfect, I don't think, from all the comments we've had and the years of Hasbro Q&As we've participated in, I don't think that... The collector market is the make-or-break factor here. I don't think if distribution had been better and we'd all bought our fill of figures, that that would have made a huge difference. No, and it seems as if they're looking to take a new direction. It's I'm wondering, and I do think price may have something to do with it. Because in this article, company spokesperson Wayne Charnas said that It's due to underperformance in the U.S. and Canadian divisions, which are under new leadership. So the leadership of those changed. And then he cited the company's need for different skill sets in their workforce. Mm -hmm. Now, I kind of think of this. This happens all the time in corporate America. I've seen it happen firsthand where you get a new VP or SVP or something and they're brought in and the financials don't look good. There's a turnover. I think the epitome of this is if you see what's happened to Hewlett Packard in the past couple of years and how they keep changing CEOs and they everything. They change CEOs like we change underwear. Yeah. What happens when this new person comes in is they're there to fix a problem. They're brought in and they do drastic things. I equate it to the dictator of a small company killing his generals because the war isn't going well. Quite often that happens. In corporate America, yes. not in small little no, no, dictated no. countries. <laughs> or both. But the key here that gets me is different skill sets in the workforce. They want to return the business to historical levels of profitability and growth. And I don't think an electronic monopoly set is exactly the way to do it. I don't know what it is, but we've talked before about how action figures, the dollar goes down, gas goes up, the cost of Chinese labor goes up, Figures hit $10, and so many people, $10 is a psychological barrier for them on an action figure. It's more than a psychological barrier, because when Episode 3 came out, we were paying under $4.99. Yes, $4.98 at Mm. Walmart. Sometimes a little cheaper. But you see my point in, yeah, it's just, it's, I have a hard time. In the six years we've been doing the show, six and a half, figures have gone up about an average of a dollar a year. We're paying about 100% more, give or take. I have a hard time with it. I don't think other things are raising in price that quickly, are they? Video games have stayed the same $59.99, $69.99 the whole time. That's because it's price fixed. True. I don't know. You do the grocery shopping. How's the gallon of milk? That's the barometer, right, for cost of living gallon of milk? I don't buy gallons of milk. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I have a fear that... The $10 price barrier is more than just to the collectors who are posting on our Facebook page. I have a feeling that to parents and children, $10 for an action figure becomes not worth it. Because 
if you think about it, for the price of two battle packs, you can get a video game. Now, I know as a kid, I loved playing with my action figures. I absolutely loved them. And I would play with them for hours on end. But those hours on end per figure may have been four or five hours cumulative. Whereas a video game, you buy once, but you get 20, 40 hours. If you buy World of Warcraft, you pay more than once, but you get thousands of hours of entertainment. I disagree with that because last time you buy video games just to play, you do not get the same length of enjoyment as you used to because the games are shorter now. Some of the games are, not all of them. It depends on the type of game, but even the shorter games are, you know, right, four or five hours, yeah. Mm -hmm. But at least in the 90s, games were designed to try to provide 40 hours of gameplay, which is too much for a lot of people. In many cases, too much for me if the game's not very good. But I think that we've talked about this on the show before. Action figures were created in the 60s by Hasbro themselves with G.I. Joe, the world's first action figure. And so we've had just about 50 years. We're coming up on the 50-year anniversary of the action figure. Wow, that's pretty cool. It is. I didn't even realize that. And it's amazing to see what action figures have become, how they've grown, shrunk, the detail, the articulation. I mean, what they squeeze into a three and three quarter inch figure today is so superior to what they could do in a 12 inch figure back then. But I think for, at least for me, because it predates my birth, figures have always been around. Mm -hmm. Kind of like some of our younger listeners, the internet has always been around. But yeah, action figures are like, Movies and electricity, they just are. But that doesn't mean they always will be. And as we see the decline of print and so much changing as we enter into this new digital age, I wonder if action figures in a mass market are going to become an anachronism. I think the world is definitely changing as far as that. And I've said it many times that kids today really don't play with action figures as long as they used to. And because they're not electronic, mostly, it doesn't really hold their interest. So it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, when I was a kid... I and my friends played with our toys, not just bought toys, because I still buy toys. I've never stopped buying toys. <laughs> no, you haven't. I, it, it was really painful around when I was 15, 16, and my parents are like, when will you stop buying toys? But I hadn't played with my toys since I was probably, I think, 13, maybe 14 one time on a board afternoon. And that was with my friends, too. My friends were around the same way. They'd moved into different areas of toy collecting, be it customizing, model building, by 13 or 14, but at 12 and 13, my friends and I were out there battling our Transformers and Inhumanoids and what had you. So these days, the kids I'm witnessing, I don't see kids in the toy aisle in their teen years anymore. There was a very cute little boy at Toys R Us the other day. It was I was looking for some toys, and this little boy comes up and says, Excuse me, sir, can you help me? And he had to be six or seven. <laughs> Glasses, kind of a Jonathan Lipnicky thing. And, you know, I'm there alone, and I'm, you know, the whole thing. You don't want to talk to little boys who you don't know, because then you're going to get arrested. You know, you try to stay away from children. But also a little boy asking for help with no adults in sight is a little concerning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I go... I don't work here, but what is it I can do for you? <laughs> and he goes, can you get a toy off a shelf for me? And I go, and it's a third peg up, way too tall for him to reach. And he had spotted from underneath. He's like, that row, third back. 
<laughs> and it was a G.I. Joe figure I got down for this kid. And then he went running off to his mom. He got the figure he wanted. But he was really young. I don't see that many 12, 13, 14-year-olds in the toy aisle. And I hang out in toy aisles a lot more than people my age should. Yeah, you do. And I'd like parents who are listeners, let me know what age your kids stop playing with toys. But I'm thinking that these days, looking at my own nephews... By the time they reached eight, it was video games and Pokemon, and action figures were something they left behind long before. Yeah, I just don't think kids do that so much anymore. They were into Power Rangers and Mutant Ninja Turtles when they were five and six, but as their brains increased in the internet and video games... Well, here's the thing. There's a blockbuster at least every year. At mm -hmm. least one that has a toy tie-in. It's not like when Star Wars came out, which we had Star Wars, and that was it. That was our movie. And mm -hmm. I feel like an old person now saying this, but it's what you grew up with. I'm not saying that action figures, especially Star Wars action figures, would ever go away. I think, though, that we might see in our lifetime, a period where things like Maddie Collector and the things they do with He-Man, where they release one once in a while, and it's extraordinarily high-priced because production runs are so low, and you have to get them on the internet and things. I could see that becoming more the norm than doing toy runs. I could see this being the future of toy collecting, where, you know, we're right now bulking at 10 a figure, but that's because... They're putting out how many figures a year and how many are repacks and repaints and battle packs. And every dollar they increase is hundreds of dollars on the collector's wallet if you're a completist. But I could see us in the future paying $20, $25 per figure, but getting 12 figures a year. And there wouldn't be repacks. They would be figures that would need to be in demand because they can't afford to sit on them at that rate. I know. It's going to be interesting next couple of years. It is. And I really want to know, though, I think that this, while I feel really bad, and we talk about the Marvel line specifically in the next issue of Marvelicious Toys that's going to be coming out, I feel really bad that David Vonner, who I consider a friend, will no longer be with Hasbro. But I want to know if this could be a good thing overall. The new Generalissimo <laughs> at Hasbro, who's causing these shakeups, does he have a vision that will reduce toy buyer frustration? Or is his vision no toys? I don't think that the collectors are the ones driving the profits, though. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. We'll have to see. Let us know your thoughts. Come to the forums and tell us what you think. I mean, just how do you see the future of toys going? I don't work in toys. I'm giving the best opinion I can following toy news very closely for well over a decade now, long before I ever sat down with a microphone to do Star Wars action news. But the times they are a changing, as they say. And I think already, though, we're seeing some improvement in the Star Wars line. Let me tell you what I've noticed in stores recently. I've been seeing an almost complete sell through of the vintage stuff. You're right. It has been pretty sparse on the pegs for the vintage. It's I, there and then gone. I was really afraid that when they shipped them back in January and there were so many of them, I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to be looking at Ben Quadraneros and Naboo Royal Guard and Battle Droid for so long to come. But I went to Toys R Us almost every day this week because I'm looking for more of that second wave from this year. I feel, you know, my instinct is saying Toys R Us is due for them because they had so many vintage figures. And 
There's maybe four or five vintage figures on the peg, and that's in both locations, their aisle and back, and their storefront. I see the storefront probably going away really soon, early March. It'll probably switch over to maybe Avengers, since that movie's coming out. Yeah, it's going to have to be Avengers and Spider-Man. Is there anything else big coming out? No. Batman. Batman. But I've noticed it at Toys R Us specifically, and they're the highest priced. Target is the one sitting on most of them, but they still have a lot of the 2011 figures sitting on the pegs. Walmart is doing a pretty good sell through too. Mm -hmm. So I think that this is a good sign that the Wave 1 figures came out, people got them, and now they've gone away, and we're all sitting here hungrily waiting for Wave 2. And I'm still looking for more Wave 2. Didn't find anything, but I ended up, you know how it is when you go on toy runs and you... Just keep going and you don't find anything and you're like, I came here to spend some money. I'm going to spend some money. I found something a little bit nifty that I ended up picking up. Nifty? Are you 70? Well, we were talking about, you know, in our day, Star Wars was the movie. Yes. Well, I did have to walk to school uphill in snowstorms without shoes every day. I hadn't seen this before. I didn't know it came out. It's the Star Wars Episode One 3D The Phantom Menace by Pablo Hidalgo. Hmm. And it's basically, it doesn't say storybook on it, but it reminds me of the storybooks we had as a kid with all the pictures. But it's in 3D. All the photos oh, in the book... I don't have 3D glasses on. It's kind of painful. All the photos in the book are in 3D, and on the front of it is a pair of 3D glasses oh, that neat. you can punch out and put on your face. Now, these aren't the good 3D glasses from a theater. These are the old red and blue, you know, magenta and cyan 3D glasses. But... These pictures actually have a really cool 3D effect when you look at them through the glasses. Hmm. Like all red and blue, it really distorts the color. Yeah, well, but you're looking through red and blue glasses. I was very impressed. If you go to the store, you're able to just kind of fold the door out and look at the Darth Maul on the front. And it's Darth Maul in Naboo when he's vamping with his lightsaber. And it actually has a really good depth between Darth Maul and the background. Hmm. He's extra red, though. He is extra red, but he only has two legs, and that's a plus. <laughs> so I picked that up. You can get this on Amazon or other bookstores. I miss a lot of these Scholastic books because while I always make it a point, even though I pretty much know all the books that come out, but I don't go into the kids' book section at Barnes & Noble. I just head to the sci-fi section. So I miss a lot of these Scholastic things, and I... Perhaps we need to add that to the rotation. Possibly. Now, I saw a display for this in Walgreens the other day, and I was really confused why Gum Brand Toothbrushes was using Darth Maul to provo promote good oral hygiene. Well... He's got some nasty teeth. Perhaps, you know, he's the example of what happens if you don't. Yeah, because it's got, like, black crap in the corners, and they're yellow. It's like he's got, like, a two-pot-a-day habit. I never noticed it until Sideshow did that one-to-one -one scale Darth Maul, and I'm like, I really like it, but I would take an electric toothbrush to that like nobody's business. Well, the reason they're using Darth Maul is because they're having a brush like a Jedi contest. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense either. Brush like a Jedi. How do Jedi brush? 
Apparently they use gum brand toothbrushes. Well, you can win some daily prizes are giving away a Star Wars lightsaber toothbrush, and you get a power one and a manual one before they're available in stores. Woohoo! Free street day toothbrushes for the win. Yeah, that's, I guess, exciting. And then the grand prize is a trip for a family of four, two adults and two children, to Star Wars Celebration 6 in Orlando. So I guess if we won, we'd have to find two kids. (laughs) We'll have a link to that contest on our homepage. And it actually is almost over. It ends March 15th. It started on February 15th, but I didn't see anything about it. It's a Facebook contest where they want you to share the video and send the video to people to enter. And they do have some cool toothbrushes, Arnie, if you like one. It, the lightsaber toothbrushes have a hilt for the handle, but then it, it looks like a lightsaber that it tapers and gets big again because it's got the brush head. Kind of weird. Maybe for the collection, I care about my oral hygiene too much to use a child's toothbrush. Yeah, they probably don't make them for adults. Now, over at Brian's Toys, if you just can't wait and stock your stores the way I do, you can pre-order Vintage Wave 12. This is a set of eight figures. You get a 501st clone, Isla Sakura, our first realistic-style Clone Wars figure. I had gotten my numbering off in Toy Fair. The first one to ship is Anakin Skywalker coming in Wave 12. Then we get Darth Vader from A New Hope. Dr. Evazon, hopefully a version that isn't totally crappy. (laughs) The only one we've ever had is just for shame. Kithaba, Hoth Luke, and Nam Anor. And Nam Anor was such a cool figure when we saw him. I think that was back at Comic-Con when we saw him. Maybe it was New York Comic-Con. But that one I am really looking forward to. You can pre-order this set now from Brian's Toys. Estimated to ship end of May. So a bit of a wait on that one. Yeah, that is a long time away, but I guess it's almost the middle of March, so it's not too bad. It's like six weeks. It just seems like a long time. I just got my Wave 11 from Brian's Toys, and they do still have those in stock, ready to ship. And right now, at Brian's Toys, if you use the coupon code SPRING15, all caps, you get $15 off any order of $75 or more. And don't forget, when checking out from Brian's Toys, be sure to mention that you were referred to them by Star Wars Action News. The lovely people over at Uncle Milton were very nice to send us a Darth Maul room light to check out. And Arnie's going to put it together to show how easy it is to put together. Yeah, it comes in several pieces. The first piece is the wall mount with the bottom of the saber. Something, I haven't owned these room lights before, and something I didn't realize was that the mount does not separate from the saber itself. And I imagine this is for licensing reasons, because... Oh, everybody's got to own a piece of the action in certain sizes. Yeah, and this could be, you know, maybe a quarter size of normal, and they're doing the smaller FX sabers, now the ultimate FX sabers at Hasbro. So it's mounted to this wall mount, but I love what they did with the wall mount because they've given it the Sith tattoo kind of look of Mm -hmm. Darth Maul and the symbol on it. It definitely screams Darth Maul. And this is a good week to discuss Darth Maul. So that's why we're reviewing it this week. Because he's not dead. Then you get the saber part. And because it's Uncle Milton and it's educational. I'm sorry, it's fungicational. Fungicational. You get to see all of the electronics in it. And really, there's not a whole lot in the way of electronics. A couple of circuit boards and a speaker. Because when you turn it on. Hmm. It's kind of neat looking inside. 
and you just see a couple wires. The circuit board is for the on-off switch. There's a speaker, and then there's the batteries. It's really simple electronically. Now, as with all the Uncle Milton items that comes with this big sheet about education, I found it kind of amusing because it does talk about focusing crystals and hilts, and there is no crystal here. But then when you get to, on Earth, electric power is part of our everyday lives. Without it, many of the things we count on would not be possible. And it discusses batteries. So yes, putting the batteries in was part of my educational or fungicational experience. Did you complete it successfully? I did, but I believe that you need a parent or guardian or adult or at least teenager to do it because this is the one part of the entire assembly that isn't able to be gotten to by young children. You had to use a Phillips head screwdriver to get the batteries in. Hmm. Maybe they're afraid young children could possibly eat the batteries. I know that that's my fear all the time that I'm going to come home and you will have eaten a battery. I had one for lunch. But the rest of it, once you get the batteries in, it allows the kids to see the circuit boards. You just slide it into the hilt, and then there's the top of it that just slides over, and there's only one way it'll go because of the power button. And it just snaps right on, so kids are able to put this together and take it apart. And then it has the two rings that come at the end, and you just slide them over in order to keep the two halves of the hilt together. And it's built. Oh, that was easy. It rotates on the base also 360 degrees. That's handy. Now, 180 would probably be enough as it is fairly symmetrical, <laughs> but it does 360. Well, I like the other side of the top better. And then it does have two plastic blades that you can just slide in. You can still turn it on and just see the red lights on the inside. The blades are a clear, milky plastic. The only reason they glow red is because... There's red plastic after the light bulbs on the end of the Ah. tube. But I am impressed for a light that, you know, isn't intended to illuminate a room. It does get pretty bright in a dark room. Yeah. Being the double-bladed lightsaber, yeah, it is pretty tall. I almost poked your eye out with it. Yes, you did. I think that's almost as tall as me. It's over four feet. I'm over five feet, barely. Watch the eyes. But... You could also take one of the blades out and just have it be half as tall. I think this is a great little nightlight for a kid or a mood light for like an older kid who may want lights on while he video games or something and he wants something more atmospheric. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's not a bad product at all. It does give off a lot of light when the light is out. Some of the other educational bits that I can get from this talks about the history of Zabrak, talks about earth crystals as compared to focusing crystals. All right, I actually just learned something from this toy. I honestly, I read a lot about Star Trek and Star Wars and how they use plasma weapons and things. I've never really known what plasma is. Do you know what plasma is? No. I honestly just had this idea of some kind of electronic energy. Well, per this, plasma is the fourth state of matter. The other states of are solid, liquid, and gas. Well, I knew those three. Mm-hmm. I didn't know plasma. Plasma is made when gas reaches a very high temperature or when electricity moves through the gas. It's similar to the energy forming in the lightsaber blade. That's really interesting. Now, I've seen this room light at our local Barnes & Noble for 40 bucks, but you can get it at Amazon for 30 and I definitely think that... For 30 it's a bargain. It comes with all the hardware you need to mount it to the wall easily, and the mount is a slide-on mount, so you anchor it to the wall, screw it in. Obviously, an adult over six does this, but you just then 
can keep adding and removing the lightsaber from the wall mount with ease. Oh, that's neat. Thumb and and stuff, some of it's pretty cool. It is. Powering it down there. Yeah, I'm actually really impressed with it. It's a simple item, but where it really comes in handy is in that room usage. Now, unlike the other room lights I've done before, this one doesn't come with a remote, so you have to actually touch it to turn it on. But I could see, like I say, a couple of these in a kid's room or maybe a couple of different ones have a nice wall of lightsabers. You could do five or six Uncle Miltons for the price of one FX lightsaber. Mm -hmm. Next up, we've got a report from the Toy Man Show in St. Louis, Missouri. Well, we just finished up at the Toy Man Show in St. Louis, and it turned out to be quite a haul. Yeah, we're sitting at a Starbucks afterwards, if you're wondering about what this copyrighted music that you're hearing is that probably shouldn't be broadcast, that we will talk over or log loud noises behind us, the ice machine. Yes, we're enjoying our tea, but first thing we bought, let's talk about that. You bought a vintage Return of the Jedi pop-up book. Yeah, that was pretty cool. You know, there were a lot of vintage items at the toy show this year. A lot of loose vintage figures, a lot of books. We had some posters. There were three 1977 posters from A New Hope, but it was all three for $15. I'm pretty sure they were reproductions. Yeah, I bet 100% they're reproductions. But a lot of different types of items there, and I looked at a lot of them, a lot of the posters, a lot of the figures. I've been looking through them. There's only five of the original 96 that I'm missing. So I looked through all of these complete but loose figures and didn't see the ones I was looking for. Did come across that Return of the Jedi pop-up book. Now, he had two of them marked at $12. He actually let me look through them. One had a bunch of food stains in it or something. Yeah, and a lot of the tabs were bent. Like, it was an old school where you had to pull the stuff to make the action. And the lightsabers were taped down. The other one was in much better condition. He bought that one. Got him down to $10 on it, too. I was really happy with that. I couldn't believe how much Star Wars there was, though, from a vintage... Empire Strikes Back tin that had Bespin Luke on it. I thought you might want that. It was only $3. Yeah, I really didn't need it. And already it wasn't Bespin Luke. It was Tatooine Luke. No, it was Bespin Luke. No, it was the hair from A New Hope. It was not Bespin. Bespin Luke, I'm telling you. It had Empire Strikes Back logo, Bespin Luke, okay. just as he's searching through right after arriving on Cloud City. My crush was totally over Luke by then. There were puzzles... Yeah, we saw a few puzzles, um, lots of figures, though. That seemed to be the predominant thing this year, loose and carded vintage and new. Yeah, there were some very nice vintage carded figures from one guy who we've dealt with before. I bought some vintage figures from. Most of the vintage carded figures, I find, are from Return of the Jedi because that's when people really started realizing, hey, I can make some money off of these and kept them carded. But there was a Star Wars carded power droid there. He wanted 230 for it. I was so tempted. I just kept going back and forth. I'd probably say it was a C6, C7 quality. Yes, but had you bought that, you probably wouldn't have bought our big purchase. It's because we'd made this big purchase that I didn't give the Death Star droid too much consideration. Because right when we walked in, there was this huge display of three giant Lego Star Wars people. There was... Anakin Skywalker from Tatooine with his little helmet, and then Boba Fett and Darth Vader. And 
these were very cute, very big. About, what did you say, three feet tall? Yeah, about three feet tall, and they were really good. They're big and chunky, and we started talking to the guy, and he had made them out of just stuff he had, like pipes and tubes and metal and wood and incredible craftsmanship on these. Yeah, they look exactly like Lego people. They are perfectly proportioned, and he's showing how he used PVC pipe and cut it out to make the hands and made the legs just out of wood. Vader had some buttons on the front that were old telephone parts. Yeah, he was very creative and very interesting to talk to about how he made these. He's very simple about it, very humble about it. Like, oh, well, this is just what you do, but I, I did great work. But you were in love with Boba. I was. I thought it was the best looking because it looked most like a Lego person. It had just the wooden painted body and it looked kind of plasticky with the finish on it. The Vader next to it was kind of, it had a cloth and it's like he painted on a canvas for the chest. But Vader wears a cloth robe and it's cloth with the control panel which he got off a Hasbro toy. The helmets were from Hasbro. It was from the Darth Vader Deluxe helmet kit that had the chest plate. And then he actually added a speaker inside the body and connected it with a telephone cord so that the sound effects went to this louder speaker. So you push the buttons on the front and Vader breathes and everything. So see, I was in love with Vader. I still was kind of liking the FET. Notice that little Annie was never part of the equation. He was very well done. He was really well done. Here's the thing is when we first rounded the corner, we saw them, we liked them, and I immediately thought, honestly, that these things would be a couple thousand dollars a piece. I mean, we've seen, like, the gentle giant R2 monuments a couple thousand. And when you get these custom items, prices can be all over the map, but people who are craftsmen and do such good work like this, I could see these as being 1500 Oh, absolutely. Very easily. And so I didn't really pay much attention at all. And then we looked at the price. The Vader was 300 because of all the electronics, and Boba Fett was 260 Yeah, so we still had the problem, though. You wanted one, I wanted the other. I was really prepared to fight you tooth and nail on it, too. I was not going to buy both. We were just going to get Fett, and I was going to tell you so. Notice how he's using the past tense language here, though. I was going to do this. I was going to do that. Then we started talking to the guy, and he showed me that they were articulated. You can actually move the arms. You can sit them down just like Lego people sit. Yeah, arms move. It's amazing. And there's faces painted under the helmets. When he lifted up the helmets, and I saw he'd made very detailed, very expressive they had a lot of personality lego faces that were painted so much like the legos and it's not like the actual legos you buy it reminded me of like the lego video games yeah that's why i was in love with vader because i love darth vader if i have a choice to who to play it's always darth vader so when i saw both had these faces underneath i'm like oh the boba fett had the cuter face he did he has a much cuter face Vader had a bit of a shroud over him, and I finally just said to the guy, would you take 500 for both? And I figured he'd say no, and then I'd have to convince you we were just getting the Boba Fett. But he looked at me. I have had a knack today for finding people's money spot and hitting it. And he was like, I think 500 was the bottom dollar he'd do for both, but he took it. Yeah, he did. He sat there, and he kind of thought for a second, and then he's like, all right. 
So, oh my God, very cool. Except here's the problem. We brought your car. You have a convertible. Small car. We did not bring my Hummer. What's funny is... He disassembled them. The heads popped off. The helmets popped off. He had put a Hasbro roleplay lightsaber in Vader's hand, and he'd gone into the toy show, and somebody had, like, the Stormtrooper blaster, Clone Trooper blaster sitting out, so he put that in Boba Fett's hand, so he'd bundled all that stuff up, and then I was carrying these decapitated Lego people to the car, and some little kid goes, you killed them! <laughs> I know. That was really funny. The poor little kid's probably traumatized forever now. But because they sat down, I was able to literally plop them down in the seat like they're just sitting in the back seat and their heads are carefully packed in the trunk. Again, these are mixed media, all sorts of things. The Boba Fett backpack, which I think he might have just finished it because that thing still smells strongly of chrome spray paint. And I remember that from my customizing days. The smell of chrome spray paint sticks with you. But that had some cardboard, some wood, some plastic cups that he used for the jets. I mean, when you start looking up close at all the different parts he used, it was really amazing that he just look at things around him like that and be able to make it look like one cohesive unit mm -hmm. but i we have to be very careful with that jetpack he said the rest of it though is pretty durable and yeah they plopped right down in the seat and uh, we're going to take them home and put them in the house i think they're going to go very nicely guarding the doors of our theater room when we get that done yeah i agree it looked pretty weird riding in the car headless but hey who cares so that was the big find, and I'm really excited about these. You know, usually when it comes to the custom items, I am hedging because I always see the flaws with them. With this, though, I saw them, and these, at first, I'm like, what company put these out? Because they looked good enough to be official. And then I'm like, wait, these are just something somebody did. And at that price, for these big items, articulated, detailed, cute, you know, I love the Lego Star Wars people. I think this was a great find, and I can't believe we're going on with both. I felt bad leaving little Annie there alone. Yeah, but it's little Anakin. Who cares? It was cute, though. It was very cute. It was really well done. He puts a lot of thought into it, and that's kind of the fun stuff with custom stuff that people make is the little touches and the faces that he did on this. It just really makes him special. And you know what? No one else has these. I mean, yeah, he's made others, but they're unique. They're all, every single one he makes is unique. If he makes 30 Vaders, they're all going to be slightly different and very cool. And I know that a lot of people are going to want these. I actually tried to get his contact information. And as Marjorie said, he was kind of a humble guy, and I don't think he does the Internet or anything. Uh, no. But he said we could contact him through the show. So if you see these pictures and you're interested, I asked him if he would do commissions. And he was like, well, I'll do another Boba Fett if somebody wants it, but I'm out of Vader helmets. I can't find them anymore. They don't make them anymore. I'm like, I, the people I know, they'll get you that Vader helmet if they want a Vader. He's like, yeah, if somebody gets me a Vader helmet, I'll make them a Vader. And so if you want this, hit the Toy Man Toy Show website. We've linked to it from our homepage. And they can put you in touch with this guy who did the custom Lego people, and they were just great. Now, he said that we should come back to the next show. First of all, he forgot the antenna for Boba Fett. It's just the Hasbro antenna, so I wasn't worried about it. But he also said he's now, that he sold those two, able to work on his next two, Darth Maul and Darth Sidious. I think Darth Maul would be really cool. It can go either way, you know? It really can, because... 
with the helmets, it worked so well with the Hasbro helmets, and the faces underneath are cute. But with Darth Maul and Darth Sidious, it's all in the face. It is all in the face. And that's the one thing about little Anakin is he didn't have the yippee face. He had the mom, I'm leaving you face. And that's what didn't make me offer him 700 for three. Maybe he was having a bad day. And we didn't have room for three unless you were going to go take them home and then come back and get me. It's not out of the question. No, it wouldn't be out of the question. Just leave me at the mall and I'll be fine. Give me your credit card. And it's not like you've never ridden home on the dash before. That's true. I have been pretty crammed in there sometimes. We should have brought the Hummer. This is the lesson we've learned. Bring the Hummer. I suggested it. You didn't suggest it. You just said, are we taking your car? And I went, yes, it gets the better mileage. But mine has more space. I didn't think we'd need it. It's a full moon. I didn't think we'd need it. It's a full moon. I didn't think we'd need it. And then, in addition, because you bought the Vader, I bought the Boba Fett, but you bought something else. I did, and I got a good price on it. I found a Jar Jar inflatable chair from episode one. Yeah, you got a good price on it. Have you noticed a pattern with your Jar Jar merchandise as people are really willing to deal on Jar Jar? Like, they will pay you to take away the Jar Jar? Most things I do not pay more than $6 for. You got them down about 30% on this inflatable chair from $8 down to 6 Yeah. And he said it might float in a pool if you wanted to do such a thing. We didn't go as early birds because we would have been there in time for early birds if it wasn't spring forward weekend. Yeah, that kind of messed me up. So we sprung forward and got there just as they were opening to the public at 9. I was shocked at how crowded the place was because we've been to this before, and it's been busy. But I've never seen it where the aisles were jammed like San Diego Comic-Con on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, this was shoulder-to-shoulder people the whole time. And really, a whole lot of them stank. That happens sometimes, yes. But there were a lot of Star Wars items there. I really say this isn't a show worth traveling tremendous distances for, but if you are within a five hours drive, this is worth coming down, If especially vintage is your thing. There were a lot of modern loose figures. I was so mad, though. Lava Reflection Vader. And, I mean, I think we've told the tale of sitting in Target's parking lot all night for Lava Reflection Vader. And Lava Reflection Vader being limited, paying $12 a piece. He went for 60 on eBay shortly after. Well, I guess the shine is off the Reflective Vader because he was $5. How's that feel? Ow. I'm sorry, let me quote Dr. Phil. How's that working for you? Well, I and my two Lava Reflection Vaders are stinging a little at that. Do they know about each other? Are you being truthful? Yes, they live together in a don't right now (laughs) but there were a lot of the newer figures too i was surprised to see 2012 wave two those five figures they were wanting 14 apiece for them if you listen to the very end of the show last week i lost that little lightsaber tool so i did pick myself up another luke talked him down to 13 which Higher than retail, but cheaper than cost plus shipping if I had to have somebody pick them up for me. Burn the hand knowing that these are hard to find. Plus, we were here in St. Louis for this. I was planning on hitting a number of Targets, Walmarts, and Toys R Uses to look for this figure. The 
three extra dollars I paid for them saves us hours of going store to store. And you would have spent much more than that in gas between the stopping and starting and going to all these different stores. And the incidentals we buy in the stores. Yes, that would have been a problem. It was a strange mix. It's always interesting to see what these things go for at cons, like how several of the 30th anniversary collection figures were there, two for $5, mint on mint card, and yet you see some of the loose figures going for twice that. It just varies table to table. Yeah, to see what I would do is if I had a dealer, I'd go see what everyone else was pricing for, then go $2 cheaper. But... Picked up quite a bit there, and I'm looking forward to the next one. We're definitely going to go back, not just to see more Lego people and get that antenna, but see what else there is. Definitely a good show, worth checking out. Much better this time than last. Yeah, it was a lot more dealers with a lot more stuff. Definitely worth going to. It's only 4 bucks admission. And also, the voice of Salacious Crumb was there signing autographs. Not a whole lot of people going for his autograph when we were there. No. In fact, I thought he had a booth. He really just blends in with other people. I don't know what I expected from a voice actor, but he was just there, and I thought he had a booth. Yeah. But maybe next time we'll get a chance to talk to him. I was so busy buying things, I never made my way back to his booth. That was a problem this time. So that was our Toy Man Toy Show. The next one is... I believe it's in May. They're run approximately quarterly. And we'll be sure to mention it on the show. So that is our show for this week. As we finish up, I wanted to give the results of last week's poll of the week. It's still open for you to vote on. Maybe you can change it, but I'm glad to know I wasn't all alone by thinking those people who chastised me for buying figures somebody else had hidden. I'm glad that I'm not alone in thinking, huh? Because 12% of the people said that hiding figures is fine. 28% of the people were like, hiding figures, what, huh? I don't care. I have no opinion, and I don't understand the question. I refuse to respond. And 60% of the people agreed that it's a bad practice and that it just makes things harder for everybody. Because, again, you might never go back to that towel rack to get those figures, and then next thing you know, that could be where Wedge is. One person said something on the forums I hadn't even thought of, and yet it spurred a memory. He was like, well, what do you think about hiding figures that are on clearance like a Target and waiting for them to go on deeper clearance? And my thinking on that is it's theft. It's basically a form of shoplifting. Yeah, I used to work at Target when I was in college. And while accepted, it was frowned upon when you held things back for the deeper discount. Because employees would often hide things in the back until they went a discount. Because Target has a very regular schedule for the discounts. And people would hold on to items. If they saw people pulling them, they would go grab stuff and hide it until they got the deeper discount. So employees did that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Wow. See, I've played the waiting game and gone to Target every day to see if something's cheaper, but it never even crossed my mind to put something and hide it until it went cheaper. There was a whole section of the back room at Target that I worked at that was full of employees holding stuff like bags and boxes, everything. See, my thinking, the reason I say it's like shoplifting is, all right, if I steal an item, then I'm stealing 100% of the cost of that item. Well, if I intentionally make it so somebody else can't buy that item and then buy it myself for less, 
had somebody else come along, I've robbed that store of 10, 20, 30% of that item. That's correct. But it was frowned upon, but accepted. Really? Yeah. I Department managers did it. It is not in my moral code. I never did it just because, I mean, you don't get a great discount at Target, but nothing I really wanted that bad. People go hoard clothes back there and everything. So thank you to everyone who responded to our poll. It is still open in our forums, which you can find a link to at SWActionNews.com. Jonathan from Republic Forces Radio Network is doing an autism walk with his son, Jonah. Now, their team is Jedi Force. The walk is April 29th in Chicago at the Botanic Gardens in Glencoe, Illinois. They're looking for donations, or if you're in the area, go out and walk with them. It's just a nice, easy, low-key walk. Go show your support. Jonathan's going to be setting up some eBay auctions to raise some money, and they're going to get some Jonah's Jedi Force t-shirts for anyone who wants to walk for them. It's a great cause. We donated a little bit ourselves and always support any charitable endeavors, especially by those of our co-hosts. And head over to Republic Forces Radio Network. We're talking Darth Maul this week and next, and then Jonathan will be back on the show for the two weeks following that to talk more Maul, (laughs) because it's pretty big news over there. Yes. We'll have the link up for you guys on our website to go donate. Help little Jonah out. He's a great kid. I've met him a few times. He's a doll. He's a lot of fun. So that is our show. We will be back next week where I had a great talk with James Lucino, author of Darth Plagueis. And if you haven't bought that book and read it, you have until next Monday because it's a spoiler filled. And I learned so much in that interview. I learned so much in that book and then even more in the interview. So you'll hear that next week. See you later. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. You can find even more Star Wars coverage at our sister podcast, Republic Forces Radio Network, where we review each episode of the Clone Wars cartoon series. You can find that show at republicforces.com. If you're into Star Wars novels, check out the Star Wars Action News Book Club, where we read and review all the Star Wars novels. That podcast is at swactionnews.com. We want your feedback and suggestions for Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at SWActionNews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at SWActionNews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can be on Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at SWActionNews.com. All materials submitted become the property of Star Wars Action News and are subject to use on our show. You can help support Star Wars Action News by using the affiliate links on our homepage when shopping online. We would also appreciate it if you spread the word about Star Wars Action News by posting about us on Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, or just tell a friend about the show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, and you can also cast a vote for us each month at Podcast Alley. Links to both can be found on our homepage at SWActionNews.com. For more Star Wars collecting, please visit YakFace.com and JediTempleArchives.com, and we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. 
The Star Wars Action News Team is website designed by Jason, associate produced and announcements by Brock, reporters Jerry, Dan, Steve, and Justin, graphic design by Chris, and podcast enhancement by Barrett. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all the Star Wars universe contains is trademarked and copyright Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. Until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the force be with you. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. Star Wars Action News is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2012, all rights reserved.